0: Hey guys, it's Ken. Hey, again, and I'll be answering yet another question. Oh, I'm so excited! You have the questions, and we have the answers. What did you say? At least, well, we we try our best. The Vivify Vivify Podcast, bringing life to your ears. Hey, you. How are you today? It's good to have you back on our podcast, and I'm so sure you're excited about this one because I am too. And today we're going to talk about one of the most important things that anyone could possibly talk about in their human life. All right. Life is too short not to know this. That's why we're having this episode today. And what are we talking about today? We're going to investigate the person of God, the character of God. I'm sure you must have listened to the podcast episode on if God is good. Why is there so much evil in the world? If you haven't, please, you should revert back to that. Check check it out before you listen to this one. I'm so sure it's going to help and it's going to be supplemental to your understanding for this episode. So today we're going to talk about the character of God. How can we know God? Like this mysterious figure which we've grown to know. Oh, he's mysterious in all his ways. His ways are past finding out. How can we then hold him accountable if he's mysterious, how can we be sure that he's not the one doing this bad things in the world? Because he's sovereign, alright? But let's check his character, let's investigate it and, and, you know, see where exactly are we missing it and where exactly should we correct ourselves about God? So, the question is, how can we know God? Alright, and I want to start with this point, that for you to know God, you need to see him. Yes, I said it. For you to know God, you need to see him. And what I mean is not that, oh, Lord, show me your face. I need to see, you No, not that kind of thing. Um, I'm talking more about God showing himself, the invisible God showing himself visibly. You're like, ooh, maybe a vision or a dream or an apparition, you know, so to speak. But I'm actually talking about something else. All right. So if you look over at Colossians chapter one, verse 15, you see something so powerful there. It says Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Ooh, did you see that? Don't just be quick to turn over that place. It says he is the image of the invisible God. what what does that mean to be the image? It simply means you're the representation of something invisible. So for instance, if someone should say that there is some invisible force, which is your mind, your soulish realm, so to speak, an image of that or a representation of that could be your brain, where those functions take place, your will, your emotions, your intellect, that's an example. It might not suffice for this, but you get the point. So Jesus simply was the physical representation of the invisible God. You know, Hebrews 1 verse 1 also says this, that God, who at sundry times, at different times and in different ways, spoke to the fathers, that's the Jewish fathers, the patriarchs of faith, like Abraham, Isaac, and the rest, by the prophets. But verse 2 says that in these last days, he has spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom he made the worlds. And verse 3 over there says that, Who being the brightness of his glory, that is the radiance of his glory, and the express image of his person. That word express image means the representation of his person, of his character, upholding all things by the word of his power. So that place is saying that Jesus is the representation of God. All right. And this is what Jesus himself says uh, in, in the book of John chapter one, verse 18. I don't want you to get tired of all the scriptures. You need the scriptures so you can have evidence for believing what I'm saying. And that says, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father at He had declared him. What Jesus is saying here is that no man has seen God. And if you read the context, you'd see that low key, he was dissing Moses. Not even Moses had seen God. He might have seen uh, a form of God regarding his backside. But that exactly wasn't God. No man has seen God. Jesus meant it. It says, except the only begotten son, whom was in the bosom of the father who is in the bosom of the father now he declares the father that's what he says you know philip one of jesus's disciples looked to jesus and asked him a question in john 14 verse 8 he said to him lord show us the father and it sufficeth us it will be sufficient if you show us the father is what he's saying in verse 9 jesus says to him he replies have i been with you so long That you don't know me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And why do you say that I should show you who the Father is? So Jesus was surprised. He was like, wait a minute. Are you telling me that so far you don't know That I am here to represent the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That's a huge statement. And it's little wonder why the Jews always wanted to kill Jesus. I'm sure if I were a Jewish Pharisee, I would have killed Jesus. Well, until it was time. But you get the point. I would have wanted to kill him. Because that was utter blasphemy if it wasn't true. So Jesus was trying to say that he is the visible representation of the invisible God. You know, the truth is the God in the New Testament was not somehow reformed or renewed, so to speak. He was actually revealed. I'm going to take that again. The God of the New Testament was not somehow reformed, but he was evil before a tyrant, uh, a, a very despicable being. And now he became calm and soft and gracious. No, he was only revealed. You see certain places in in the Old Testament, like Psalm 103, that says he is gracious, he he forgives all our sins and does not count it to us. You see places like Jonah chapter 4, where he says he is slow to anger, he is merciful, he is kind. Those were in the Old Testament, and people saw that God. So he has had the same character, it was only just revealed more in the person of Jesus. So what Jesus came to do was to remove every misconception about the person of God, to remove it completely by showing up to the scene, by telling people, this is me. I represent the father. You want to see the father? Look at me. All right. And so if you want to know how God acted or will ever act, you look to Jesus. You know, um, I think a lot of people forget that As much as God is loving and gentle and good and kind and slow to anger and peaceful, He is also just. And I think that's what a lot of people forget. You know, God is just. You would want that if you have a family member. You know, sometimes people talk and they don't see how these things actually mean unless it gets personal. So let me put you in this shoes. Imagine you have someone who you love so much, a person got raped, especially if it's a girl, got raped and was murdered and you found the culprit took him to court and you tell the judge give him justice and the judge looks at him and says "Ah, oh, no he looks like a well-mannered man i mean he looks like he has cleaned himself up he's given to charity now what would you think you're like judge you're not doing your job justice must be served we all have a yearning for justice all right and that's that's okay. That's fine. Because if there's no justice, there'll be no law. There'll be no order. Anyone can do whatever they want anytime and no one can be accountable. And so God is just, he will give you what you deserve. If you are good, he gives you that. If you're bad, he'll give you a punishment. You know, he'll give you rewards for good and punishments for bad. That's who God is. And so with all the people that you see him somehow raining fire and brimstone upon, whether in Sodom and Gomorrah or bringing the great floods, you find out that God has always been patient with this people. In the case of Sodom and Gomorrah, you see Abraham and God kind of negotiating with each other. Lord, if you could find at least 30 people to save that are good and righteous, save them. Don't burn the city. God said, no, not up to 30. Okay, 20? No. 10? Nope. Guess what? Just a lot and his family. And so God had to wipe them out because their evil was... You know when your evil overflows? That's the kind... evil they had in Sodom and Gomorrah. Noah's flood, approximately, there was a waiting period before the rain started, about 60 years, and not a single convert came to the ark. You know, so with everyone that God somehow punished, there was always a warning period. I would call it a window of grace, which we are enjoying right now. And those things that happened in the Old Testament were actually a shadow of what we are now and what we have now that there is still a wrath coming and this is an eternal judgment it is coming but we are to bring men to God reconcile men back to God because that window of grace will not last forever and so that's the picture that I want to put to you that just because God is just doesn't mean he's evil or he's just wicked and he's just despicable or heinous no he's not so when you look at Jesus you see the person of God. You see him healing the sick, raising the dead. You see him preaching the gospel of peace. You see him helping people in every regard. You see you see him even feeding those who were hungry, multiplying the five loaves and two fishes he provides. So you see the person of God in Jesus Christ. That's what I'm trying to pose to you. Alright, so you need to have this at the back and at the front of your mind that God is good and you see it in Jesus Christ, his life. With the adulterous woman who he looked at and said, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. You see his heart with the prostitutes, with the alabaster box of oil. And he sees her and says that your sins are forgiven. Like who does that? She didn't have to pay anything and he forgave her completely. Even the guy he was going to heal of palsy he forgave him and healed him, you know, so you look at him, and you see his his heart, the the guy who was blind, many people think that the the person who was blind, in John chapter 9, the guy who was blind, you should know the story, And his disciples asked master who sinned was it this man or his parents that he was born blind and jesus said it was not particularly because of his parents immediate sins or his own sins but that the works of god should be made manifest in him the question you should ask is what works of god should be made manifest in him it wasn't god who put the blindness there by the way all right he wasn't god that made him blind from birth one thing you need to know is how sin affected everything and everyone, even including our DNA. So when you when there's procreation, um, you, you, you see that birth started to get altered. You see deficiencies, you see deformities, disabilities, all as a result of the effect of sin. Not God doing that in his ways, you know. And Jesus said, the the works of God will be worked with him. And what works of God were worked? If you read the entire story, you see that this guy was healed of his blindness. And that was a miracle that beforehand, you have to be a Messiah or someone so great to be able to perform that kind of miracle. It was a huge feat and something almost unbelievable. And that happened. He got healed of his blindness. All right. So you see, that was the works of God that was worked in that situation so you see jesus came to show that look guys you're getting it all wrong you might see the laws of moses and think that that is the kind of god you serve no the law was put there to put you in place but i came here to bring grace Mm, that rhymes cool all right (laughs) jesus came to literally he said grace and truth comes through him the law came through moses but grace and truth came through him so he was trying to bring truth to the world to eradicate the lies and the misconceptions that people have of God. So if you want to know the character of God, this is it. It is seen in the person of Jesus Christ. He is good. He is loving. But don't forget, Jesus is also just. Don't have a picture of him holding a lamb on his shoulder, wearing blue and white, looking so nice and fluffy floating of rainbows and clouds, that's not the person of Jesus. He's the one who is going to judge the world at the end of the day. And that judgment will be based on who believed in him and who didn't, because believing in him would guarantee your forgiveness from the wrath and the penalty of sin. All right. So I hope this has helped some way, somehow, and has helped you see that God really is a good person. He he loves so easily and he forgives just as easily. When I read the story of the Amorites whom there was a 430 year waiting period just to have them repent, you see Nineveh's case of several years of waiting for these guys to repent. And the formula has always been the same. If you repent of your sins, of your wrongdoing, he will forgive. If you don't, there has to be justice. There has to be law and order. But still the same, God's justice and mercy was met at the cross. They were satisfied at the cross. So he would give justice to Jesus on your behalf and offer you mercy. I hope this has helped. Stay tuned for more episodes in this line as we investigate the character of God and also probably his existence. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day today. Bye.